you're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 47. Today, you're going to hear what life is like in the NFL, as well as life after football. Also, make sure to stay to the end to hear one of the best quotes I have ever heard. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by former NFL linebacker. He played for teams like the Panthers, the Packers, the Bengals, and the 49ers, and now he is helping young professional athletes maximize their opportunities. Hannibal Navies, how's it going, man? How's it going, man? Good to be here. Yeah, no, I, I seriously appreciate it, and we're just going to dive right into it. So how did you get started in the league? Well, I got started league. I mean, I was just, I guess, the normal process, I guess, to get to the league playing. It started in high school. Uh, I started playing uh, organized football in high school um, at ninth grade. Uh, it was kind of a late start for me, but uh, that's when I decided to start playing. And, and from there, it was just a whirlwind. Got a scholarship to Colorado University, um, which was in itself, uh, you know, a good experience because, you know, I'm from Oakland, California. So going to Colorado, to Boulder, Colorado was a culture shock, but it was something that was good to, to get out of my element, to get to the, you know, Rockies, the Colorado Rocky Mountains, man, and being all that nature, but it was different. But to go to school like a university was, was a great life changing experience and did enough, man, and played and became an outstanding football player and all big 12 uh, prospect and got drafted to the Carolina Panthers in the 99, 98 NFL draft, uh, 100th pick in the, NFL, the 98th NFL draft. Uh, so that's kind of my journey to get to the NFL. Like I said, I got drafted to Carolina, uh, played there for four years, and then went on to all those other teams uh, throughout my career. Now, is it always your dreams to play in the league? I imagine so, if, if you started so early and then just kind of worked your way up. Um, I went, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say it was a dream. It was just I loved football. And I never honestly say can say that when I was a child that I was like, I'm going to play in the NFL. That was never a thought process in my mind. You know, I, I think it was just more so about – you know, loving the game of football. When I started playing at 14, I didn't have aspirations of I'm going to play in the NFL one day. It didn't mean that I wouldn't have loved to, but I just didn't. I don't think my mind was wandering to that point yet. Uh, it was more so about how do I get a free education? How do I, you know, how can I go to school and get a scholarship uh, playing football and get my school paid for for free? Um, but luck has have it, you know, I was I was a lot better than football than I probably thought in a. I, <laughs> I did well and made it to the NFL. So it wasn't something that I aspired to. I mean, once you get to a certain point, you you strive for that. Once I got in college and you start to mature, you, you mature in a football game, I think it was, you know, then you can start understanding, like, man, I can make it to the league. This is something I can do. So you start to aspire to want to play at the next level, of course. But I can't say that at 14 years old that I was saying I'm going to play in the NFL. Yeah, it sounds like almost like you fell into it. You're like, I'm pretty good at this and maybe uh... – yeah, well, let's just see how it goes. But I think it's, I think it's super awesome that you wanted to, uh, you were more so looking at it as uh, to get a free education. Uh, where, where did you learn that, or where did you get that mentality from? Well, I guess uh, my upbringing. My father was a, a, a teacher. My mother was a teacher. You know, my, you know, all my brothers and sisters went to college, and that's just that was our journey, our path. It was nothing 
uh, else in our history or, you know, in our, I guess, family lineage, it was just go to, go to college. That was, you know, that was embedded in us since I was a child, not just from my father, but my father's father, my grandmother's to my dad and every, my mom's side. And that's just what we did. Everybody after high school went to college. And so that was just the education piece was just very important in our household. So it was something that was more so at the forefront of my mind than playing football. Um, so football was we all love the game of football, but it wasn't nobody in my in my immediate circle had ever reached that threshold of a professional sport. So it wasn't a reality. It wasn't a common thing to me uh, to 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 know somebody or to have conversations with somebody in the NFL or an NBA or anything like that. So it was the people that I had conversations with and were around all the time were scholars or were educators and were people like that. So that's that's why that was, uh, you know, my thought process was that way. And did you ever, I'm sure uh, along the way, did you ever run uh, into people who were strictly there for football and education kind of took a backseat or wasn't even really on the list for them? Of course. I mean, it's, it's everybody has different motives. Like you said, some people, you know, from the onset have different drivers. And so, you know, just how you asked me that question about did, did I dream of that? There are people who've been dreaming of this since six years old. So when they get to college, it's about the last four, you know, four years of their dream is, is right in front of them. So they're focused on that football. It happens all the time. And sometimes it's not even, you know, it's not like, you know, it can happen to the best of them. In my first year of college, I tell the story to the young to the young men that I that I mentor all the time. You know, my first year of college, I, I didn't redshirt. I'm playing in, in, you know, the Big 12 on TV every Saturday, you know, went from playing in front of a couple hundred people to 70,000. Right. So and being on national television every day. So, and I was a freshman, I was actually playing. So my schoolwork, my first semester of college was like, I had to, I was on academic probation. I had to, you know, get sat down and say, hey, if you don't keep your grades up, you're not going to be here anymore. So, you know, you can get caught up in the whirlwind of football and, and the pageantry of it and, the, you know, how enormous it is, especially when you're playing big time division one football. So it can happen to the best of us. But yeah, I see people all the time where they let that just become the norm for them. Um, and just football takes over and, you know, uh, some make it into the NFL and, and have good careers and some make it to the NFL and don't have anything to fall back on because they didn't nurture that part. I mean, there's, there's all, you know, parts of the game. There's some people don't make it to the NFL and didn't take their education seriously. Um, have to go back and kind of redo it. So yeah, it happens. It happens. And I know you're, you know, you speak to younger guys and pro athletes as well. Um, and you kind of let them know your experiences then do you, th were you kind of, taught you know did you ever have kind of a heart-to-heart -heart with some of these other guys when you were coming up and just being like dude you need to like you really should focus on school and not you know and not let this be your end-all be-all type type talk did you ever do anything like that well that's my general message to any youngsters I mean I you know I, I own a company that is the whole premise of it is is that what you just stated so I own a company called 360 Sports Academy and the division that I that I um really focus on is 360 Football Academy, but it's that that message. So 360 meaning uh, the whole pod being holistic, right? Not just being football, but having the educational piece behind it. So absolutely, that's my message. And I'm always going to go down with that message because the love of football can drive us to a lot of different things. But we have to understand that, you know, part of that dream, as you talked about that dream of playing in the NFL, part of that dream that is attached to that dream is education, whether we like it or not. So I always, you know, want to educate them because, like I said, there's different motivating factors for everybody. So if football is what's driving you, let's teach you how to do it right, right? And let's make you understand how education is tied to that dream and to that journey. So that's what I do, man. I, I take the power of sports 
and infuse it with education and give them a blueprint and, and show them the pathway and kind of give them the resources and educational tools and year round kind of uh, mentoring leadership development throughout the year. So because that's the most important thing, whether you make it or you don't make it, there are so many ancillary skill sets that you need to you know develop as a young man or a young woman to, to be successful in this world. So sports can drive you to 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 really uh, maximize those things, but you have to focus and understand that they're even there to really nurture them. And why are you so passionate about helping these young, the younger generation as well as the pro athletes now? Because I see myself and everybody, you know, I, I was young for, you know, I started playing at 14 years old, young, young man from Oakland, California, you know, there's a lot of, you know, growing up in the environment in, in Oakland, that things can, can happen to you. So I have felt a, a relation and an attachment to, these young men that are going through this process in the same way. And there's so many pitfalls and things you don't know and things that you, mishaps that can happen that take you off track of your journey. And I just look at myself and look at the little the close calls that I've had or things I didn't know or the mistakes that I've made. And it's about giving back those mistakes so they don't uh, do the same thing. So I'm just very passionate about helping people maximize the best of themselves, whether it's sport or anything, just helping them not, you know, if there's anything that we can give back or anybody that can give back from life experience that the mistakes they made and give it back to anybody, no matter what their their, their journey or their path is, I think is one of the, you know, the most, you know, uh, fulfilling things you can do is giving back information or a blueprint or something to look out for and helping the next person overcome something. So that's why I'm passionate about it, because I see myself in them. And I think there's so many people that I saw that made so many mistakes that didn't become the best versions of themselves because they got sidetracked because so many different things that we could talk about. Right. So uh, the more that I can get people through that window, football or not. Right. That That's my goal. And what are some of the biggest mistakes that you made? Uh, some of the biggest mistakes that I've made is just being ignorant, mean being ignorant of just not knowing some of the processes and some of the things I was going through, um, you know, going through the, the recruiting process. There was just things I just didn't know. Luckily, I was able to overcome some of those things because, you know, people around me uh, going to college, you know, just not understanding that college process. Like you talked about, you know, making a mistake with my, my education at the beginning of that process and, and focusing so much on football. Right. And then you know, going through that process and getting drafted and knowing what that, what those about the mistakes that you make in, in that, in that part and getting to the NFL and all the plentiful mistakes that come there when you get, you know, to the NFL and the spotlight is on you and money comes and you're working in a, a business at this point in a corporation. And there's, there's ways you must conduct yourselves and off the field things that you got to do and, and handle in situations. So there's just so many mistakes that I've made. I can't, wrap it around one thing, but there's just so many, I mean, financial mistakes you make, you know, uh, just so many different things that you, you make business mistakes. I make relationship mistakes you make, uh, just not maximizing opportunities, uh, that you, that you should be doing while you're in, while you're in the positions that you're in. So, you know, there's just, there's so many, I, I, I'm a very, I think for me, everybody that knows me knows that the mistakes make me who I am. So I, I think they're plentiful, but at the same time, I've been successful as well. So I think those mistakes have made me who I am. Yeah, it sounds like you are a glass half full type guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and fought, and I, I think it took. I think it takes a lot of people too, and uh, maybe you can attest to this: is to really uh, embrace kind of fa almost failing forward instead of because I feel like a lot of people uh, 
when they make a big mistake or like you said, like there was business opportunities that you lost and you could have, you know, doubled down on something that could have made you a lot more. And we just sit there and we're like, oh, and we sit there and dwell on it instead of just, you know, take that as a learning lesson and moving forward. Yeah, you got to move on. You can't allow your, your, you know, one of the big things I do with my, my uh, mentees is, Speak about overcoming adversity. Um, adversity is going to test you. Adversity is going to come. It's going to challenge you. How you overcome adversity is it really depends on how successful you are in life because it's going to come over and over and over and over again, right? So when you fall, when you have these mistakes or the adversity hits you, how you are able to rebound from that adversity in life is really a testament of you, right? Because it's going to continue to come. And I saw a phrase the other day. I don't know where it came from. You know. I, we so many social media posts and so many different things, but it stuck with me because it's really my philosophy is uh, failure is not an option. It's a necessity, right? That That is stuck with me because I really, really feel that. Nobody can tell me that there's uh, no successful person can sit there and tell me they didn't make some handful of mistakes, like a lot of mistakes. And they had to try over and over and over again to get to where they are. Uh, you know, a friend of mine named Dave Meltzer calls it the dummy tax, right? So you pay the dummy tax. Once you pay it, you eventually get better and better. You paid your tax, you paid your dummy taxes, and then you become the person you want to be because those mistakes have made you who you are. So that's that's definitely how I think. No, I love that. I actually have something similar. I call it the Edison effect. You know, Thomas, I call it <laughs> right. that because Thomas Edison and what it took, how many, you know, think I just picture him in a room trying to figure out how to like get a light bulb to work. And I think they said he tried over 300 something times. It's like, and he's dealing with you, there's literally no technology back then. And it's like, you know, he went through all that and to, what is it to find, he made however many mistakes, but then, you know, it turned out that he found out that many ways to not build a light bulb. So it's all about how you look at it, but no, I, I, I love that. Um, uh, but, uh, just out of curiosity though, um, when, you went from high school to college. I know I'm sure that there was like a lot of fans there and everything. And that was cool. But what was it like to get drafted? Cause I am not an athletic person by any stretch of the imagination. So is that like as big of a deal to get drafted as people make it out in like TV shows and movies? No, I said, Oh, it's a very, very, very big deal. I mean, Especially when you put a lot of hard work in, not especially. Well, you wouldn't get there unless you put hard work into it, right? You you wouldn't you wouldn't be in that position unless you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of hours into being the best of the best and being even considered for that, right? That means you're, you know, to even get drafted. That means you're one of the best of the best at a certain point. You know, the best of the best in college coming out, right? And if you make it to the NFL, make it on the roster, that means you're the best of the best. So, yeah, I mean, getting drafted is is. For a lot of people, a dream come true. For me, it was I wouldn't say it was a, a dream come true because we talked about it, but it was something I worked so hard for that I just relished and appreciated. Uh, but me also had a, you know, I don't think I appreciated as much at the time because I felt like I deserved to be there. And I felt like, you know, at the time I failed in the draft. So I was supposed to go late first round, second round at the latest. I mean, I went to, in the, at the the very beginning of the fourth round. So I had a chip on my shoulder. So I was I was happy to be drafted. But at the same time, I was like, I need to go to the NFL and show them who I really am because, you know, I felt I should have gone higher. So it was a bittersweet moment. But it, once you get there, it doesn't even matter when you're drafted. You just got to go out there and compete. And I was able to show that, I mean, playing nine years, that I belong there. So it was good. And when you first walked onto the field, because you were with the Panthers first, correct? 
Yes. Yeah. So what was it like putting on that professional jersey and just walking out on that field in front of that many people for the first time? It was good. I mean, I, it, you know, I think my first preseason game, it was just, you know, I, I just equate to my first preseason game, just really putting on an NFL uniform, going out there, playing your first game, the nerves are going. It's, you've been playing football for so long, but then it's like all of a sudden you haven't played football <laughs> your whole <laughs> life. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get in the game. You know, I, I was a rookie, so I wasn't starting at the time. So when they finally throw you in there, it's just like, man, it's like everything you've learned just went out the door. It's like, what am I doing? What do I have? What's going on? It was, it was a very interesting time, man. But you recover from that. You know, they expect rookies to make all these mistakes. But it was just – it was a lot of nerves going on, man, a lot of anxiety, a lot of nerves. But once you get it out of your system, you get used to it. It's, you know, you belong there, and it becomes comfortable to you. But I do remember that first time, first preseason game. It was actually against Jacksonville. My nerves were going, man. I felt, I felt like I was a chicken with my head cut off running around out there. I always wonder just I love to talk to I don't know but cuz dude I feel like that's like not just for you but that happened for myself as well when I first got my TV job I had all this training and I was ready to go right. first time on camera I just ate it like it was awful <laughs> it was the worst thing ever it's like what happened right and there's always yeah. that like learning curve um what would you say your learning curve or how long did it take you to finally like you know okay this is just football. I got this. It, it 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 took me a little while, but I think it was, you know, training camp is so, especially back then, it was so intensive that you're going to pick it up pretty quickly. Um, and the biggest learning curve was just the learning of it, right? The learning of football, because fo- people don't understand there's so much learning in football. It's not just uh, how fast you are or, you know, how strong you are. There's so much learning that goes into it, so much strategy, so many details, so much educating so much language each team has different languages they use if you go to different teams each offense defense has different languages they use and just understanding the strategies and plays and and why they do things and so you know for me it was very uh it was a learning curve to understand how academic football was and how much studying goes on how much time you spend in the classroom versus actually doing physical things and how mental football became um, that was the biggest learning curve. And, and once you pick that up and be, and understand that this is what really makes you a better football player in the NFL, then, you know, that's that's when you really start to elevate as a player. So that was my biggest learning curve. And yeah, I think a lot of people just see, you know, because it's so easy just to turn on the TV and it's like, OK, football's on, but no one knows what goes on behind the scenes. Like, what are some of the things that people really don't know that goes on behind the scenes? Well, it's just a lot of attention to detail. I mean, we get out there on Sunday, and like you said, that's just the finished product of, a, of a weeks and weeks of preparation. You know, the, the coaches prepare so much, so much data and analytics go into this game of football and how we prepare for it and what we study. And, you know, they, they do so much data digging. So you're watching cut-ups of this this formation, that formation, this down and distance, that down and distance. Why are you playing – why are you running this call versus that call? And just, you know, like I said, the, the classroom time, I mean – it's it's you know you talking about working a job you know that's one thing you had to understand college you're going you're a student athlete in in, in NFL you're a, you're still a student athlete but you're it's your job as a student athlete when I say student athlete you're not a student of the university anymore now you're a student of the game um, so it became your job you're there from six in the morning until five o'clock right so it's just nine to five it's longer than a nine to five day and you're in the classroom you're studying so that 
to me, that's just, I think, something that people don't understand what goes into it, the detail that goes into it, walkthroughs, run-throughs, I mean, practicing. I mean, it's never over. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a business. So a lot of people's jobs are on the line. A lot, a lot goes into it. it every game means something. Um, and once you realize it's a business as opposed to like a college game and that everybody is just family, that's how you took it back then. Like everybody's your brother because you're going to be there for four years and you came in together. You're going to leave together. That's not how the NFL is. The NFL is a strictly business type situation. And I think, um, you know, when people are outside, like, why is he asking for more money or why is he doing this? I mean, they, they that's their business. They have the right to. And I think they should always, you know, once they understand what really goes on, I think everybody should should respect that everybody should get it maximized and get as much money as they can while they're playing. But, you know, those are things that go on behind the scenes. I think just people just don't get how much uh, mental, how much this is a mental game and how much goes on behind the scenes with that. And, and especially with, you know, these players are still, they're still fathers and husbands and, you know, all these different things going by businessmen, entrepreneurs, you know, philanthropists, there's still all these different things as well as football players. So it's just a lot. And is there a lot of pressure associated with being an NFL athlete as well? You kind of, I mean, you're dealing with hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars, plus you, you know, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. Um, you, you know, you're watching tape, you know, you're like you said, you're, it's basically like a 12 hour plus day every day. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't, I didn't feel it as pressure. I mean, you can look back and probably now say it was pressure, but I, I didn't feel pressure. I just felt it was part of the journey. I guess that was my personal, um, look at it, but we're taught, I guess, we're taught as football players mentally. I mean, pressure is not part of our makeup, you know, um, feeling pressure is not part of who we are. You know, you don't go out there and feel pressure. You don't go out there and, and succumb to pressure in the game of football. And so it's just not our makeup. So even if it was there, it's not something that we acknowledge or something that we even feel, um, or would know that we're feeling because it's not part of who we are. That makes us the, the competitors and the athletes we are being able to not feel the stress of a game or stress of, the crowd or the stress of the, you know, the the situation at the time and how enormous things may be, you know, we just go out there and perform. Um, you put pressure on yourself. That's when you start to, you know, flounder and, and make the mistakes and do all the things. So, you know, fo- pressure in football is not really, is not really something that we mentally acknowledge. And it's interesting since we've been talking, I've just kind of noticed that like playing professional football, it was just kind of like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just getting the vibe where it's like it just kind of happened and you were going with it. It was part of your journey. It almost sounds like through your whole journey that you felt like you had a higher purpose. I did. I didn't always know what it was, but I never felt that I was a football player. I never felt that I was just a football player. I actually fought against that. I fought against the the thought of somebody thinking me of just a football player. So I, I lived, that was what I lived and wore on my shoulder. Like I'm not just a football player and I always want, want to be more than just a football player. I didn't even know what that meant back then necessarily. And, uh, but I knew there was, there was a higher calling for me. I knew that there, I knew football wasn't my, wasn't my start and my end, you know? Um, so with that understanding, I never allowed football to, to break me or to be the, the thing that drives me, like without football, I can't make it. I've always had the understanding and the belief and faith that I would be fine regardless of what I did. And when when did that happen? Because I know you played for about nine years. Uh, so at what point where was it like, okay, I I've got to do something else, or I think you know this, uh, I've got to just figure out something else. 
Well, I mean, nine years is a long time in this game of football, man. I started to feel like it was Groundhog Day. And I started a family towards the end of my career. I was married, was having my second child uh, late in my career. And so my mind changed, you know, things, my priorities changed. You know, football wasn't that important to me anymore. Family was the most important thing to me. And being around them and, and you know, being attentive to my family became more important than football. So, you know, football is one of the sports, man. It has to come first. They say, hey, God and football, family, <laughs> you know, after God, okay, football. So once it switched, it was like, okay, football, I mean, excuse me, football fell to the, you know, back and your priorities change. It's not, you're not the same person out there in the field, um, you know, along with injuries and things like that. Um, you know, you just like, how long do I want to continue to play hurt? How long do I, you know, and then it becomes, why am I playing hurt? You know, and you feel, and you believe in yourself and you be like, there's more than football. Why am I pushing and, and pushing myself to play hurt and trying to force my way to continue to be out here in the field when I'm, you know, this, there, there's more than just this. Right. So that's, you know, my ninth year, I remember I was playing with the Niners and it was just, it was just one of the things that clicked in my head. I was like, I think this is my last year. <laughs> you know, I think I, I was confident and felt comfortable that I had made the right decision. Like I feel good in my soul. Like this is probably my last year. And I, and I, I didn't, I didn't look back. And I know with when it comes to the league, you know, everybody, you know, I know you're making a pretty good living, whether it's hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Would you say the gold that I think they call them golden handcuffs? Was that something that was holding you back to the money? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, you know, you always want to maximize it. You never you never feel like you have enough money. You know, you never feel like you have enough money or you got enough money from the game. So you always want to like, let me get one more year. Let me get one more year into my belt, get some more money or whatever the case may be. So, of course, you know, um, how you, you know, the money that you make and the money that you might not make, right? Not playing football, right? So, you know, the, the ability to earn a living and make more money, you know, making money that you make in the NFL outside of football, um, it's not easy. It's hard to make hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars outside of football um, and business and philanthropy or whatever your job may be outside of football, you know, starting your own business or franchising, whatever the case may be, it takes time and it's hard to do. So, yeah, that is always something you think about when you when you talk about retirement is looking at your financial situation and where you are and all that kind of stuff. You know, so can't lie and say that that wasn't part of the decision, but excuse me, come to I would say it's part of the decision, but it was something that was thought thought through, I should say. And when you finally left the league to follow your higher purpose, did you, what was that feeling like? I felt it was a, it was a sense of freedom man. I felt free. You know, I, you know, you play football for so long, you're on their schedule for so long, you buy by their rules for so long, you, you know, you're, you're engulfed in this culture for so long. And because of the money that you make, you do feel, you know, handcuffed and, you know, a little bit at, and once you're free of that and you're your own person and you can do your own thing, you can make your own decisions as far as like, okay, I have to wake up and I can force through this and and go and chase this dream or chase that dream and becoming your own man. And just, you know, the excitement to me was just what was in front of me. I knew it was unknown. It was a little, uh, it wasn't always, you know, I can't say it wasn't easy at times, but the the thought of being able to do something new and to, to forge a new way and whatever that was and explore that and be able to do that was exciting to me. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I think it was exciting to me because I was confident in it, in myself. And that's not always the case in everybody. But for me, um, that's what drove me. That's what drove my decision because I was driven just like I came into the league to have a chip on my shoulder that I should have got drafted higher after football. I was driven 
to have a chip on my shoulder to be successful after football. So it was, it was my internal drive that was like, I, I have to prove to myself that I'm more than football, right? I can talk about being more than football all I want to, or I can feel it more, but I have to now go prove that I'm more than football. So that was my drive. And would you say this is it now is mentoring these uh, younger kids as well as pro athletes? Yes, it's, it's, I'm definitely not a, I wouldn't say this is it because I'm still, I'm never going to be done, man. I'm still creating my legacy. I'm still uh, out there and, and I have so much more to do, but yes, helping, helping people, right? Helping, it doesn't, it's not always the youth, but just helping my community, helping the youth, helping my peers, anything I can do in, in that sense, man, giving back, um, especially giving back in something that I know very well, whatever my expertise is, whether it's, you know, helping players transition or helping young student athletes come on that journey, you know, helping parents understand that journey for their children or helping parents themselves be better, you know, helping guys, you know, transition from football like I did, understanding with that, navigating that, that world, you know, helping them, you know, start careers and go back to school or, you know, start a business or get through their mental health challenges that might come after football or, or, or just all these different things, man. So I guess, you know, my passion is just really finding, just is doing business or, or doing philanthropy and, and being involved in entrepreneurship and social businesses and social enterprises that help people. Um, that's that's really what I love to do. Education, obviously, is, is really huge in my, my book. What is the high like when you kind of see that sparkle in the eye of a youth or a pro athlete of you, like what your message is really clicking with them? It's everything, man. But even more though, the message at the time, because everybody can feel something emotional or get the point at the time. But when I see it applied and I see it over time and I see somebody use the information or resources and become what they want to be or become better or overcome something, that's when I truly feel that, that, you know, euphoria, that, that kind of pride or that, you know, that sense of like there, that's what I do it for, that passion, that, that, you know, that's why I did it for. So that's truly when it comes to the, you know, to fruition. And when you, uh, like, when you work with these guys, what are you, is it like uh, a set, do you kind of, as far as your, what is your process like when you're working with these guys? Uh, I, I guess that's a broad question to me because I guess it's not one one way. I mean, I get guys from all kinds of spectrums. Like I said, I work from guys from high school all the way up to professional to post-professional, right? So, I mean, it's just I work with the trust. So there's a process with the trust. I work with NFL, the trust, NFL PA trust, mm-hmm. um, which is a benefit that's been put in place uh seven years ago through this collective bargain agreement with the NFL and the NFLPA that helps former players transition from football. So our process is there really. I mean, when a guy retires, I am that guy, right? So when when a guy retires, it's, it's come see the trust or, you know, come see Hannibal. And, and, you know, I take pride in helping somebody really understand and navigate that space because it's so unknown, right? It's such a pivotal point in people's lives, understanding, man, okay, football's over. And like we talked about earlier, there's some people that's defined them as football. So if you take something that defines you as football and it's gone, I mean, that's a loss of something, right? So helping somebody through that loss and helping somebody become and understand who they really are after football um, is, 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 is what I do. So the process really is just, I guess, being able to really understand, listen who they are, listen to what their needs are, uh, what they want to do, uh, what are their touch points after football, what are their touch points going on in their life, because everybody has different things going on in their life. So it's really about process, really, I guess if I had to identify a process, it's really understanding the person, what where they are. You know, I have, we have this phrase called meet them where they are. So everybody's at a different place. So understanding and listening to intently, listening is a skill set that not a lot of people 
I know how to do, but if you listen to somebody long enough, you'll understand where they are, what their needs are. So that that is my process, being able to listen and then be able to apply resources and help them map out a game plan. And when they get to you, are they? Is it kind of a mix of fifty-fifty, or some like, you know, kind of almost relieved to almost be out of the league and start a new venture, and then some really are just scared to death because football's been their life their entire life. Well, I think it's across the gamut, but understand that football—it's not too many people that decide to retire. You know, it's not—it's not a—it's not, not a game where people are like, oh yeah, I'm, I think I'm next—I'm gonna retire today, and I'm gonna go about the rest of my life and figure it out. Like we're. It's, we're forced. I would say 90% of us are forced to retire or forced out or cut out or just didn't get picked up or, you know, very few people get to decide if they're done or they get injuries and they didn't get to play the, the the you know, have longevity in their career as they wanted to. So it's never, you know, for the most time, it's very bittersweet. It's not always like, man, I'm excited about going to my next part because it's never, it doesn't, I mean, how many people do you know have got to do that? You know, you get Brett Favre or a couple other people in their, in their careers to say, okay, I'm, I'm moving on. But for the most part, guys just, they, they get cut or they get hurt or they just, you know, they don't, they don't get picked up anymore. They're not, they, that, you know, the NFL has basically not chosen them to play anymore. So no, when you get them, when you get a guy, it, it depends on how they, they actually get the league. It really depends on how they want to, you know, how they can move forward successfully or might, where they might be in their mental as far as how football is concerned. So, you know, some guys have a very positive attitude like me. And some guys are, are very, you know, scared. Some guys are angry. Some guys are depressed. I mean, it just depends on where they are. But um, the game of football comes and so it ends. You know, it, sometimes it ends very unexpectedly. So you can think you got another five years and then you could be immediately done at that point in time. So imagine the mental and the psyche that goes on when your vision and your plan, you're in the NFL, you achieved your dream, and you never got to fulfill your dream because it ended as soon as it started. So there's a lot of those, man, that happen in the NFL. So it's just how you navigate that. You have to deal with the emotional and the mental part of it. And then, you know, you have to kind of rebuild yourself. You, know, you have to rebuild your confidence. You have to rebuild who you are, rebuild your expertise. What you're, You have to rebuild your vision, your passion, your dreams. You know, you just have to, you kind of have to recenter yourself. So it, it's not always like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm done and I'm happy and I'm moving forward. There's a lot of like unknowns. So unknown for anybody is, is very, uh, gives you a lot of anxiety and things of that nature. So uh, it's it's all over the place, man. You know, I, it's not all doom and gloom either. Uh, a lot of guys are very driven, just like I was, and and are you know they retire because they ha- they want to do other things. They jump into other things, and become very successful. So uh, it's a lot all over the place, man. So if 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 I came to you, I'm a former pro athlete, and my career was cut short because of an injury, and I had made some really bad financial decisions, and I am just. Like I've been, football has been my life for so long and I'm just completely just broken down to nothing. I'm panicking. What would you say to me? Well, I would tell, I would tell the young man to, to, you know, understand that, you know, he played one of the best sports in the, in the world. Uh, and, you know, he's a part of, uh, you know, an elite organization and a, an elite group of people, you know, only 1% of the people in the world have ever played in the NFL. 1%, right? So you've made it to the to the top of that, right? So if you can be the best in the world of something, you can be the best in the world of something else, right? So restoring confidence in them, letting them understand that they are unique people and that they, they their success is not short-lived and that their success can can go beyond that, right? And if they understand who they are and build that confidence in themselves, right? And I would tell them, like, let's let's understand, you know, let's take the time to go on this journey. Let's put a, let's put a plan together. What are, what are your interests? And let's start 
let's start utilizing and 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 maximizing uh, the opportunities that the NFL has afforded you because you did play in this league, right? Um, you did play in the league, so you do have a four hundred one k, you do have annuity, you do have you know have resources from you know career and education and financial. You know, so you have this support system behind you, so you don't have to do all this by yourself. So, you know, it's it's one thing to be done, but it's another thing. You know, once you put on your big boy, you know, pants and shoes and understand what's in front of you, they're gonna be okay. So that's that's kind of what I tell them. It's just it's it's all right to feel how you feel as well. You know, I also tell them that like it's it's not. Sometimes we get uncomfortable because we have emotions and feelings that are not positive. And we feel uncomfortable about talking about or being that. And I tell them, like, accept that and, and receive who you, who you are, how you feel at the time, because that's the only way that you'll be able to overcome your how you feel and, and what you're feeling is to accept it, acknowledge it and, and, and deal with it and get over that. Right. So understanding them to be aware of their body, be aware of their mental um, is, you know, all the kind of things and part of my spiel that I talk to, to young athletes coming out of football. It almost sounds like you have a, a like your own playbook basically to give them. Absolutely. I mean, it's like I say, everybody's at different places, but you know, we all go through the same journeys. And when it comes to to being done with football, so even though I chose to be done, there's still challenges that I had to face and deal with being done with football. So I, I think my journey is so similar to theirs, and you know, the relation is there. So being able to talk to them from a place of understanding uh, is 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 a skill set that, or not a skill set, I think is a privilege that I have uh, to be able to talk to these guys. And would you say something very similar to somebody who's like coming out of the league and isn't totally broken? They're just like, man, I'm like grateful for this, but now I just really have no clue what to do. You say, do I get guys like that? Yeah. I mean, would you say something similar to them, even though, like I said, they, you know, they came out more positive and they just, they really just don't know where to go oh, from there. They just need, they just need a little bit of direction. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of guys don't know what they want to do. I mean, you know, we always get that question. What would you do at football? I don't know. Or they might throw out some answer. And I think that's one of the biggest things too. Guys feel this pressure to know what they want to do. And I always tell them, you don't have to know what you want to do. You just have to keep trying. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to know what you want to do, but you have to, you have to attempt tries things to know what you want to do. You have to try things to know what you don't want to do, right? And so you don't you don't have to have it figured out, but you just gotta keep living and you gotta keep moving. You know, when you when you stop moving and you get sorry for yourself and you're like, I don't know what I want to do, so I'm gonna do nothing, that's when you get in trouble. That's when you get into the deep waters. And so I just tell guys keep moving, keep swimming, keep plugging away, keep researching, keep learning, keep trying new things, and you'll get to where you gotta go. You'll understand what you want to do. It it will become clear to you. And I know, you know, you just said that, you know, you want these guys to keep learning on a, you know, on a daily basis and keep trying, you know, keep trucking along. Um, how about yourself? Like, what, what would you say the biggest thing you've learned this year is? This year? Whew, that's an interesting question with 2020, man, with all this stuff going on. I would say the biggest thing I've learned this year is work-life balance, man, in my personal life. That's what I would say for myself, meaning... Through COVID, through all these different things, social justice issues going on, the environment, the political environment, you know, all these different things going on. Just it, uh, I've learned that balancing and, and work is important, and my my work is important, especially when you're passionate about it. But nothing is more important than your family, and and uh, that is part of your work. You know, that's part of your. For me, it is it's part of my work and part of my passion. So I had to learn and understand like. I was forced to, because of COVID, be put into a situation where I'm not traveling for my job anymore. I'm not doing things that I normally do. I'm usually on a plane four times a month, 
in and out, um, touching guys and doing this and doing that. So it was just, it was a good feeling that I was forced to learn how important it was. Not that I didn't know, but when you're forcing, you just have to sit in it. Uh, it taught me how important it was and how important it is to be a parent and be present as a parent and be present as a father and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you adapted. And how would you say adapting to these type of situations is a skill set in itself? Oh, absolutely. You the adapter. You don't. You know, to, you adapt or you become obsolete, man. You, you if you don't adapt, you know that's not how. You're not going to move forward. The people that adapt are the survivors. And I talked to a group of kids the other day, a group of high school kids of Zoom in Baltimore. Uh, the coach was like, they're they're not doing it. You know, they're not adapting to the you know, online learning and not doing their classes. And I talked about adaptivity. I said, you guys have a dream to play football. Uh, this is where we are. And if you don't adapt to it, you don't lose your dream because you, you you chose not to adapt to something. So, you know, I'm a big business junkie too. And if you don't adapt in business, you you, you, you fail. And so just adaptivity, man, is so important in, in all aspects of life. And if you don't do it, man, you're not going to be around. So this, this is what COVID has taught me. Uh, this is what this period of time has taught me. Um, so I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to adapt. Evolution is part of life, man. If we're not evolving, then, we, then, then we're not living. No, dude, that that is a perfect way to end it, man. Um, so uh, before we go, and before you know, I definitely want to uh, give you a chance to promote whatever you you know whatever you're working on right now. Uh, if somebody came to you for one, what what would you say the best piece of life advice that you give at this moment? <laughs> uh, I bet. I'm going to say this, and I don't know who your listeners are or whatever, but uh, this is a quote that my father used to say to me, and it uh, might be a little shocking, but he literally wore this on his hat, and he was a school teacher, and he wore it on his hat one day, just one year to school, but this is this is kind of how I live my life, man. It's uh, I don't want to explain it after I say it. You just got to take it for what it is. It means a lot of things to different people, but life is a bitch, and then you die. So... Soak that up. Let that be something to you. It means something different to me than probably what it sounds like. But that's that's what I would say, man. And take it for what it's worth. But like I said, it's gonna keep coming at you. And how you're gonna overcome it is gonna is going to is going to carve out who you become as a person. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Uh, well, like you said, what are you working on right now, and how can we find you online? Uh, I am. Avidly working on my 360 Sports Academy, along with working at the NFL PA at the NFL PA Trust. Um, so I am. You'll hear more about what I'm doing. Obviously, apparently, as as COVID subsides a lot more, we'll be doing a lot more in person. But we'll be hearing about 360 Football Academy, 360 Sports Academy. We've been doing a lot of online, a lot of virtual things with these student athletes. Uh, we're going to we're going to continue to grow that national brand. Uh, helping student athletes understand that journey and understand how important education is to their journey of sports um, using the power of sports. We call it leadership development through athletics. So uh, that you can find that at 360footballacademy.com uh, and the trust, uh, playerstrust.com. Uh, that's, that's, I'm a director of engagement and outreach with, for the trust. And so I'll always be there uh, doing what I can for players as they transition from football. So that's, that's what I do. Awesome, man. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. 
All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.